Mr. Mike, what's up? Thanks for coming out to the pit, dude. Thank Cheers. you for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. Listen, I uh, I met you probably about six months back now, and uh, I could see that you were a guy hustling, and I'm much more observant on social media than people know. And I was watching you, and you were working two jobs, yep. grinding. You were a dad, still trying to find the time to coach and be a dad and be a husband. And I then saw you take the leap from the turnpike into your inspection business. And yeah. I said, this is a good guy. I, I need to link up. And you were friendly with Pete and Trevor and some other good guys that I think highly of. And uh, you've got a good circle. <laughs> yeah, that is why I yeah. you know, invited you here to the pit to tell your story and hopefully inspire other people who walk in the same shoes that you have in the same line that you have so yeah, thank definitely. you for coming cheers no i appreciate you letting me share my story yeah it's, and it's it's a good one a lot of what this is to again and to some people who watch your week again i always apologize i am repetitive in saying this but this whole thing started because of the way that i came up and no one was ever really willing to turn around and help and now that i have grown my business and i have a family i know that time is limited so now I understand more, but as a younger guy, you didn't understand that, but it was always a passion of mine to try to do something that can turn around and inspire other young entrepreneurs or other young business people or people going into sales for themselves. Yep. And uh, everything that we are about, you know, and we embody, you did. Yeah. You left it, a full-time job making a pretty good, solid, guaranteed salary for not that much work, right? A lot of like time. Like pretty much no work. Um, I mean, like when I think about it, like I could see why people think I'm absolutely nuts, you know, and, um, but the one thing that you never get back is time. And, you know, when you're doing something for someone that doesn't fulfill you, it's, you're just trading, you're trading like your life for dollars. Mm -hmm. And, and the dollars aren't even that life-changing. No, no. And, and that's the thing is like, you could really do okay doing your own thing. If you put in the work, there's a lot of people that want to call themselves business owners and entrepreneurs, but they don't want to put in the work. The work is hard. The work is, it's trying on your family. It's trying on yourself. You know, there's, there's a lot of shrapnel that comes with creating a business. And uh, I think that's like... The, you know, I don't even speak of it. Most people don't, you know, but that's the, the reality of creating a business. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's, it's a lot of like, like that pool you got, like you're the guy in ahead running in that pool. And there's a lot of waves behind you, people getting caught up in it. Yeah. And, um, and it's, you have to risk like what that could, like what could happen behind you in order to achieve or get close to your goal. And, uh, I think that's why, I mean, you got to be a little crazy to do it, you know, but it's just something, you know, people like us can't live without, I don't think, you know. Yeah. Well, the last girl, Gianna, I had on, she had talked about, you know, she's insulted when people call it a small business. And I never really thought about it this way. Yeah. Um, but it's not small. It's monumental what you do. And yeah what you put your family through, you and your significant other has to be on the same page for launching a business. Your kids have to be on the same page. And I know a lot of what you did, and we're gonna get into that a little bit later, 
but a lot of what you did was for your kids. And it's just a lot. It's, it's, a, it's a big undertaking, and I don't want anybody to think, oh, it's just so easy. But I will say, if you're willing to put in the work, you go get yourself a good mentor. You have some good group of people around you who are giving you the confidence to go and do it. Um, you can accomplish anything you want. Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, when, when I started my business, and maybe we'll get into this later, in 1999 with my brother, like, we, there wasn't the exposure to, like, motivational speakers and all this stuff that's at a, a there click was. You had to pay for it and go fly to a yeah, conference and you show the had, person. You still had to have someone that would lead you and say, like, hey, have you ever heard of or you had Dale to read Carnegie? Yeah. Did you ever hear of this stuff? And I was never a book person. I wasn't yeah. a college, like, person. So, like... You're not an academia. You're not no, reading no. every day. I was... A, hey, I know the masonry trade. Me and my brother are going to start a company and we're just going to figure it out. That... That was the extent of like what I knew. And I learned from other contractors that we would come in contact with. And I took that opportunity to, to pull in as much information as possible. But it, it's, it's so different nowadays than it is back then. And to someone that's starting now, there's so much opportunity out there. So much like... Uh, ability to meet with great people like yourself. I mean, if it wasn't for social, I wouldn't have met Pete. Mm -hmm. And all that brought me back here. 100%. And it was all social. And I tell people all the day, uh, all the time, like, social could be amazing if you make it amazing. Yeah. There's a lot of shit on social. Well, a lot of people are very worried about how they look and, and how yeah. they feel. Not I met the, a kid today. So since the co coaching group was launched, I have a lot of people that reach out to me. And, and from all different walks of life, you know, some don't have a business, they want to start a business. They have kind of a, 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 a not so accurate view of how small business goes. Uh, a lot of other guys that have a cool business. I, I don't know if that was like a shooting star or what that was, but that was super cool looking up in the sky. I don't know <laughs> what it was. I bet it was. Maybe it was the CIA. I don't know. <laughs> it's uh, chemtrails. But I said to this kid today, I'm like, dude, you, you have the best time ever we all have the best time ever to start a small business social media is so powerful so think about this when i was first taught sales right i was told ryan have a good elevator pitch right or an yeah. elevator speech yeah. right? i don't know pitch. if you've ever heard this yeah. and i'm like what do you mean like, i should go into elevators and pitch people and you know that was the concept hey you're in close quarters with someone be able to tell someone in a quick you know 10 second blurb what it is that you do yeah Think about how many people I have to go see or run into or have drinks with or get breakfast with or get coffees with to give a pitch on myself and what I'm about to keep up with what this podcast is doing. We're yeah. getting between downloads, Instagram clips, YouTube, 10 to 15,000 views a week. Yeah. I couldn't do that in a year, dude. Exactly. Yeah. So the power of social media and then the information at your fingertips, right? How do you do budgeting? How do you start an LLC? How do you build a fucking house? Whatever you want to do, it is literally at your fingertips on your smartphone. Yep. It, there couldn't be a better time to smart to start a business. You're absolutely right. And but back then or today, it will always come down to work. You who, have to put in the work. Who wants to you have to it? have that passion, that inner drive that you could see something that's not even visible. Like 
and sometimes you can't even write down what you're seeing. You just know that you're going towards it. You don't even know how it's going to happen. Yeah, I know. Like you could create a business plan and roadmaps. That that doesn't mean shit because it's I mean, good that, to do. That, it's good to put yeah, your vision I mean, it's down a little on guide, paper. But that doesn't. That's not real life. Yeah. Like you don't know. Like that business plan. Yes, it it, it could keep you kind of where you want to go. And and I guess you know we all have to somewhat have a plan, but it uh. It's still, it's that inner drive that will get you there. And that's I it. I am a big believer in mapping out your plan, though. And I'm not saying you have to stay very strict to that plan or that roadmap. But if you create a goal here, right, how do I get to it? Sean Whalen, who's one of my coaches, Lions Not Cheap guy, he's like, hey, you got to map out the sub goals. How do you get yeah. there? A lot of people wake up, even in business today, and they say, hey, I'm going to get up and I'm going to go do. But they don't really have a plan, right? No, you're right. Do you know what? I, th- I think maybe just because of the way my brain works, is I do that. And I think we probably all do that. It's just in a different way. You know, some people might, might write it down. Some people might, you know, like sometimes I'm doing it while I'm posting. I get what you're saying. I yeah. totally get what you're saying. But I am a big advocate. I've always been like that because naturally you have that brain like me. And I agree with you. I'm just saying the more I wrote down the goals yeah. and the more I fixated on it, I was better at allowing my brain to run with it and chase down what I was chasing down. No, absolutely. And and, and there's many times where I'll, I'll literally just go for a drive, no radio on, and just think Creative about thinking, yeah. like, how am I going to connect with more agents right now? Like, How am I going to connect with more buyers, more sellers, whoever I need to get in front of? Like, What is the the best way and the best value I could do with the time I have. So you, I, I do it, you know, a lot of times it's, it's while I'm driving and I'll, I'll yeah. hit it in the voice notes. And then like just doing that, it like puts a mental written down in my own mental note. Yeah. And then I start acting on it. So I start moving towards I want to move into a little bit of your inner drive and what drives you. Brought up and raised in Neptune City. Yep. Neptune um, City. Whole life. Your mother passed when you were 18 years old. Yep. Um, that's not easy, right? Not at all. Um, a few, 19. I was 19. 19 yeah. years old. Yep. A few years later, unfortunately, your sister had passed. My sister passed. Yep. Um, those are things at a young age that could really send you down bad paths, right? Those emotions are uh, they're real. Absolutely. And Part of that is maybe why you're fueled to do what you did. You graduated high school from Neptune City in 1996, correct? 97. 97 and 99, you and your brother launched your other building company that your brother still owns and operates today. Yeah. And, you know, there was something in you that said, I'm going to go launch a business. I'm going to go be successful. Probably due to what you had already lived through. Yeah, you know, when you lose, you know, someone like your mother at a young age, pretty much nothing could fuck with you. Like, it, I mean, now I have kids, tough. it's a little different. But at that point, like, nothing could, no one could hurt me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what was the worst thing that could happen if I started a company? I failed? Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, I already experienced the worst thing. You know, like. Do and, you think that's what it is in people? Do you think that they're, like, just petrified, afraid to, like fail or you think they're more so petrified of the loss of income and and being in the rat race and trading their time for money 
I think of a lot of it, it's, it's failure. It's, it's disappointing. People still in their 40s, 50s, if their parents are alive, they're still yearning for their parents' approval. You know, like, am I doing good enough to make someone else happy? You know, and, that, and that's the thing. That's, that's the hurdle. I that, don't give a shit about that. Yeah, but, but most people, that's what holds them back into that nine to five, that, that's 401k, that secure position. Mm-hmm. It's that if I left being a teacher, a cop, or someone in that respective field that has a solid job that everyone respects to go start a whatever company, my parents are going to think I'm nuts. My wife is going to think I'm crazy. Like, everyone cares too much about what other people think. Well, parents instill limiting beliefs into people. Well, absolutely. I, I, and I think it's all done with, with, with love. It's their own, no, it's their own fear. Yeah, it's, it's their fear for seeing you fail and not wanting to see hurt yeah. in you. Well, that's it. It's all out of love. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you know, when I got on the turnpike, my aunt was able to help me get there. I didn't even know that she knew anybody, whatever. But she ended up telling me she wanted me to be in a state job forever because of the security. You know, and... and, and she, Rich dad, poor dad. Well, that's it. Like, it, it, it's, it sounds great. And when you're there, I mean, you basically just show up. You got a paycheck as long as you don't fight or steal. And even if that happens, you could probably get your job back. But to someone that wants more out of life, it is so suffocating. Yeah. You know, but that's not everybody. Yeah. So you were, to move your story along, you went through these you know, tough times in your life started this business with your brother, wasn't working out per se. You go and get married, have some kids. What year was it that you got hired on the turnpike? So what happened was uh, the economy took a bad turn, as everyone everyone knows. And right around 2006, uh, we were so far out with work, we couldn't even look at plans for construction, new homes or anything for like over a year. And, uh, but... While we were doing general contracting, we were also still a masonry subcontractor, other contractors. So I had a good network of other contractors that we would communicate with. And those guys lived through the 1980s when the recession happened and the housing downturn. And so many of them were like, Mike, it's, it's coming back. It's coming back. And we were still hot. I'm like, what are you, crazy? And like, it's coming back. And I started to see some of our clients now weren't getting approved for their loans on their homes. I was watching price reductions on homes all around us. You saw the, the data come back, the permits were stopping. The, we were still slam-packed with, with work, but the writing was on the wall. And I knew at that point, and this was 2006, that there was no way me and my brother were going to survive off of, one, off of this. Like, I needed to do something. My brother was 20 years older than me. We could work and we could make sure that he lives. Like, I, I really just cared about him. I could do something else. And you had I'll, no kids at the time. I had no kids. Yeah. And neither did my brother, but I just wanted to make sure he was okay. So I ended up getting a job on the turnpike. And from the moment I got there, I worked nights. And then I would get up. Or I'd, sometimes I'd take a nap at the job, work at the job for a few hours, get the heavy work done, go home, sleep. And that was pretty much my life from 2006 until last year. Yeah, and you... So walking through the turnpike, you... Moved up the ranks. You had a, a supervisor role, you know, yeah, which I, a lot of guys in that space would love to have. Kind oh, of absolutely. A, a I mean, a cushy job per se. Do you know what? I, I moved up 
from maintenance guy to heavy equipment operator. Then I was an assistant supervisor and I finally retired a supervisor. And you're right. I mean, if there was a job that most people would go like, why the heck would you ever leave that? That's the job. I had people under me. I basically just had to, you know, babysit adults. And um, it was, for me, it was mindless work. I literally spent my time there planning out my exit. Yeah. The turnpike paid me eight hours a day to plan out my, my leave from there. Yeah, good for you. And um, That's your tax money. That's it. I, I got something back, you yeah. know? You owe me. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. So, you know, I, I don't want to get too far ahead in your story, but you started saying, hey, I'm going to go be a realtor. You, yeah. At the time, you were starting to do a little bit of realty on the side, correct? Yep. So right around 2015, um, so my wife and myself, we got married in 2009. We had our son. We moved into our home in West Long Branch. And I was like, you know what? I could probably help people, you know, with real estate because I got the construction background. I'm a, I, could, I, could, I could fit another hat in, like whatever. It can't be that hard. And in 2015, I got licensed and, uh, and I started selling real estate you know, uh, as well as, you know, working at night and doing construction. And it was, uh, you know, my, my son was born in 2011. So there was a lot of like, just hunger, like just want for more. And then what do you think drove that? Was it cause you didn't have that stuff as a kid and you dreamed of having it or you saw others have it or it was your mother's passing or- Do you know what I think it was? I think. Not too much after he was born, I knew that the turnpike wasn't my final resting place. Like, that's not where I wanted to be for 35 years, like these other guys talking about how many years they have left, like a prison sentence. I was yeah. like, that's not the life I want to live. How crazy is that? And I've talked about this a few times on the show. And I've said, you know, everybody trades their time for money when you work for somebody. And again, Patrick Bet David talks about it a lot, about the entrepreneur. Right. Well, you're in an organization that is a sales organization or you have the ability to earn equity. Listen, for everybody who may watch the show who is a salesperson, you are essentially a business owner. I don't Absolutely, take anything yeah. away from that. And if you can go get equity and you want to treat a big organization like it's yours and go earn, you know, some of the biggest people in entrepreneurialism, if I say that properly, you know, working for somebody, there's there's billionaires in that. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- you can go and do it. So I don't want to knock it. Because I think sometimes people think I knock that. But you, as an average person who is, let's just say, maybe making anywhere from 80 to, to 200 grand a year, you are trading your time for money. And you're probably getting beat down a lot. Shit rolls downhill. You're either a lower level management or you're mid-level management in a corporate setting or an organization to say sales organization, it's, it's, it sucks. Absolutely. And you waste a lot of time and you're, you're, you're trading that time for money and they don't ever see a way out. And again, a little housekeeping. That is what this podcast is all about. You can do it. I'm nobody special. I'm a guy who was kicked out of high school. I, I don't, prey on this or want people to think any way about me. I don't give a shit, but I, I had an IEP right in yeah. school, essentially saying I'm an idiot and I was never going to go anywhere. That's what the system wants you to think and wants you to believe. Cause they want to create a bunch of people who are stuck in the rat race. Anybody can go get what they want. If they're willing to put in the time 
and the work, and I am dumbfounded every day. And again, I'm not going at that person. I'm not insulting that person. You're creating a lifestyle for your family. You're keeping a roof over their head and putting food on their plate. I respect you. Yeah. But I know a lot of you want more. And that's really what I want to move to next with you. Doing the real estate, you were sitting on vacation. You were getting bombarded with phone calls for your sellers or your buyers, people disrespecting you. And you said to yourself, I said, this isn't worth it. This is just not worth it. You know, I'm away. I was in Lake George. I'm talking people off the ledge. And I was like, what am I doing here? Like, the money isn't worth it. I can make money any day. Like, I, I'm not like super money driven. I, 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 I'm, I need to make sure my family's taken care of and we have a very good life. We go camping. We've got a fifth wheel camper. Like, I don't, I don't, nice want, I don't nice. want for anything in life. Um, but as I was getting, I think as I was getting a little older and time mattered more to me, watching my kids get a little older and I was so disconnected from them for money. And I was like, this isn't what I'm going to do. I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to be that person. Time, that you're doing a turnpike. You're still trying to help your brother build. And you now were, were a real estate agent. You were, yeah. you were asking for a death sentence. Really. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much I was, I was on that, that track. And at that point, I, I just said, you know what? People use me for my construction background. Let me just do that. I'm just going to do what I like to do and then not deal with the rest of these headaches that I don't enjoy because life's too short. Like, it's not worth it. It's just, it just wasn't worth yeah, it. Yeah, and, and I don't, I, I, you know, the real estate agent is such a glorified thing. You see these, you know, Real Estate California or, you know, what's the, Evan, what's the shows? Million Dollar Listing. Million dollar listing. Oh, yeah. Selling Sunset. It's, yeah. First of all, everybody on those shows, you know, I think you're fucking lame. You know, <laughs> you're all caught up in, you know, your your cars and your looks. And, you know, you see these shows and I'm like, these people are stupid. Who's buying these houses from them? I know. But that whole world is caught up in the look, the feel, it's the very image. very sexy. Yeah, very it's, sexy. It's very sexy. It's very... Uh, Real estate it, sucks. It, Real estate jobs you know sucks. The agents that actually work hard and they're good agents, you can tell that they're through the battle. You got to play nice to the agents. I don't. That job sucks. No. Well, do you know what? For instance, I went to a house that I inspected and I was actually inspecting. Is that the one video? No, another one. That, <laughs> that yeah, freaked that, me out, dude. Uh, I was rolling around. This week bed. has been one hell of a week for content, I'll tell you. But uh, no, I, I went to a house and an agent that uses me a lot, it was her listing. And this was the first time I was at her listing. I'm normally working with her buyers. And I could tell the extra effort she put into this. I could see the signage she put in certain places, the welcome mat. Like she put in the extra effort to to help that seller. And I could just tell. I could tell. And I could tell the agents that don't but give a crap. But that's my point. Yeah. No, but that's my point is I've seen guys like Phil Rizzo go out and he has literally moved, boxed and moved people because he wanted to get the sale. Yeah. I've seen... People like Don Hughes go out and they're doing mini, you know, construction jobs or they're hanging up fire, uh, you know, uh, extinguishers or yeah. hanging up, you know, new lights or helping with painting. 
like in my world, if you come to me for financial planning, like you're coming to me because you believe that I'm a trustworthy guy, A, and B, I know what I'm doing or the resources around me, C, have a, have a, a value to add to you, mm-hmm. right? I'm not coming to clean your fucking house. I'm not going to go do the, the paperwork for you that you got to do. Like you're using me and my services. Yeah. Like the real estate game is very, very, very difficult. I'm getting on a, on a rant, <laughs> but it's like, it, it sucks. And you have to come it, in as the inspector and try to make sure that your, your buyer is protected. And then on the seller front, especially if the real estate agent's bringing you in, you got to make sure that you're protected and, and still follow state guidelines but you're also put in a predicament where it's like, oh, Mike, I, I need to get. It's just that game is tough, man. It, it, it's it's a tough game, and um, and for me, do you know what I, I think? For inexperienced uh, inspectors, that could be a hard, hard game. Um, but I am confident, just with my background and what I do know, that when I come into a home, if I'm flagging something, if I'm saying something. I'm not saying it because it's bullshit and it's meaningless and I'm mm. trying to make myself look better. I don't have, I hope no, you're to trying to help in, people out. Yeah. I, I want to walk into a house and find nothing because that means my report is done in 20 minutes. I was a little nervous when you come here tonight wherever you're looking at anything. Well, I was looking at your neighbor's house. They yeah. did a fucking shit ton of work. Oh, dude. <laughs> I've had like six friends. I want to buy that thing. Yeah. I'm, well, let me do the inspection, <laughs> but, um, they're going to knock it down. I don't think, I don't think you're inspecting <laughs> no, no, anything. That's definitely a teardown. <laughs> but do you know, I, I think the agents that actually understand my background and my value, they respect that when I say something is bad, that it's legit. I'm not trying to start a problem. I've been there. I've been the selling agent. I've been the buyer's agent. I know what they're going through. They're, there's a lot of money resting on what I tell people. And I don't take that lightly. There's a, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of empathy for all the parties involved. Number one, my client. But number two, also the selling and buying agent, everyone else involved, because even the mortgage broker, everyone has a stake at what I say. So my delivery is very important and my knowledge is very important and I don't take that lightly. So if something comes up that's bad, there's no professional out there trade-wise that's going to say that what I'm saying is wrong. They're going to, I can guarantee that because I've been in the field. I fixed most of the stuff I flag. Mm-hmm. So I think once the agent's kind of know that and they know that I'm not just blown shit up you're, just you're, to, you're to factual. fill my, You're giving them yeah. real data. Exactly. You're looking to help and you're looking to protect people involved, parties involved. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, did you have to go pay? Did you go pay? No, I'm good. You're good. You got the fire right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've been milking that CL smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this. High quality. It's like right from the mountains. It's beautiful. Yeah. I actually went to their factory. Really? It was awesome. In, in Colorado, you get to drink right out of, like they run the tap through a huge ice like cube. It, it sounds amazing. It was awesome. It really was. And you get in, and the, there's what a college there? right there. I was out there, I guess for a wedding and uh, in Boulder, in uh, Golden, Colorado, there's a college right there and they give you two free beers a day. Every day you could go and get two beers a day. It's amazing. For free. It's it's outstanding. It's great. I've never tasted better beer in my life. Yeah, it's right? cold. It, nice and cold. It's a uh, spring water. It's good. My father in law likes Coors Lights. And uh, a little shout out to Jim Mindel. And There's nothing wrong with a little Coors Light. No, he loves Coors I Lights. Love it. <laughs> 
And he always makes fun of us. He's like, you know, you have IPAs, the high noons, the white claws, the whatever. He goes, at the end of the day, everybody drinks the Coors Lights. The Coors Lights are gone. Exactly. He goes, someone drinks them. Because after a while, they're like, this shit's too heavy. Like, yeah. I, I just need a, a good, like, clean, refreshing yeah, beer. I agree. That's it. And it is. Coors Light it is that beer. It's good stuff. So I wanted to talk about you as a father, right? You are now at the Turnpike. We're past real estate. But you're still helping your brother out, and now you're doing inspecting. So you're working some days 16 hours, some days 20 hours. You had made a comment to me when we were chatting before the episode. I was at the practice because I tried to build it into my schedule, but I wasn't actually present. Oh, yeah. Like, talk a little bit about how that made you feel as a father once you realize that that was going on. And again, what most people don't realize when they see a guy like that, they're like, oh, you know, he's never around his kid or whatever. You're doing it for your family. So you can afford your bills. So you can afford yeah. your your trailer and to go camping and the things that you do. You're doing all of it for your family. But sometimes when we're working that hard and we're not working smart, we're missing it all. Absolutely. And it, it's tough because I, I, at that point, I'm not even realizing it. I'll be honest with you. I'm there and I'm thinking I'm putting in the effort, you know, and, it, and it's not until now when I'm, I could actually mentally be present. Like it's when you're that exhausted, your brain shuts down for whatever else. You is only have so much capacity. Yeah, exactly. It, I would always say like I my memory gets filled and then that's it for the day. Like I can't function. Mm hmm. I could be there, I'm watching, but I'm not there, not there the way I am now, not enjoying it the way I am now. And, but at that time, it was just auto mode, you know, just, I need to be there because I want to be there. I want, I want to experience it. I want to see it. And thankfully, I'm, I'm one of these guys that take a lot of pictures, a lot of videos. So I'm able to relive you it. You love your oh, kids. That's oh, why I, you're here, dude. Well, that's it. So you know, I, I don't give a shit about your inspecting business. <laughs> yeah, most people And I don't. know you do a good job with it. And I know you know your stuff. Yeah. But- it, me observing you on social media, everything you did was for your kids. And I, I saw your announcement. You're getting out with your orange your orange shirt and you're getting out of your truck and you took a picture of your truck and you said, this is the last day of me giving my life away. I, I forget yeah, exactly yeah. what your description was on your post. And I said, this guy's doing what I want to help people achieve. He's doing it, right? Yeah. You know, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Um, and now we're live, so you, you can't, you, you <laughs> can't, can't squirm. Uh, if you're squirming, you're learning. <laughs> Cut! <laughs> the, what were you making income-wise? And this show isn't about the guy who's doing 60 mil revs or the kid who's making a million bucks. What were you making in income on the, on the turnpike? Um, like when I left? or yeah. Probably around 90 90,000. Yeah. It depends so the, on a lot of the turnpike money is all over time during it's blood I'm money. Just, but, I'm just yeah, saying. But so, right around there. But that was plowing to all hours of the night yeah. and winter storms, not home with your family. Exactly. That was putting in overtime when there's maybe an accident or new road work going on in the turnpike. Whatever it was, you're making about 90,000. There's a lot of people who maybe pay attention to the show that are making 90 grand that don't love their life, their work life. Oh, absolutely. Right, and I and I asked that of you, 
and to share that with people who are maybe making around 70, 80, 90 grand a year that feel the same way you did and said, I'm, I'm, I'm here with my kid at football practice, but I'm not actually here. Yeah. And what gave you that faith, confidence, or whatever you want to call it, to take that leap of faith, to leave the turnpike and go full-time into inspecting? Because you were already doing it on the side and you were yeah. working a ton of hours, but there's a big change that happens when you lose that paycheck that shows up from the state. Absolutely. Every single week or bi-weekly, however you're being yeah. paid, whatever the you know the cadence was, <laughs> that showed up in your bank account and you knew it was coming. Yep. To shut that down and go into your own business, talk a little bit about the real driving factors of that. You know what? It was... Uh... It was, I, I did not want to be one of these guys. That Share I as much as you can. Because yeah. for the person who may be watching, something may click with them and they go, I'm out. Listen, a anybody that works a salary job, works for a corporate, government, whatever, you work with the same people that have the countdown to retirement. I got like you said, 20 sentence. years. I got 10 years. And it, it's, it's a prison sentence. No one's enjoying what they're doing. In, in my profession, it's a means like, to an end to pay exactly the bills. like these people, uh, like their only way to make extra income was winter time. Like, oh, I can't wait for snowstorms, snowstorms, snowstorms. And I'm like, not one of you are spending any time with your kids sleigh riding, throw like you can't. Once you get home, you're exhausted. Like, and so many of them would talk about, like, oh, I miss so much of my kid growing up. And I, and I was just like, I'm not going to be that person. Like whatever I have to do, it's I'm not going to be that person. I'm. Do you I, think you're special? What was that? Do you think you're special? No, no. Listen, it's. Do it's you not think special. you had some type of IQ that someone else is? I maybe wish watching I did. Today? And and listen, I wish I had some amazing abilities that I didn't have to crawl around in bug-infested crawl spaces. So, it, I I have nothing more than drive. You know. <laughs> Cockroach video. Dude. Oh, it's, it's disgusting. That is disgusting. Yeah. But do you know what? It, it's, it's coming to the realization that, listen, we're not around forever. Like, I lost my mom at 50. She was 57. You were 18. I was 18. Like, how many years, God willing, does my kid, do my kids have with me? And are those years going to be filled with me being miserable working for, for Friday night or actually it was Saturday morning? and trying to catch up on sleep for a day just to get ready to go back to work. Like that wasn't going to be my life. I didn't, I would live somewhere cheaper. I would live without my camper. I could do so much without to make sure I'm there for these years that they need me here. Cause once they're 16, 17, 18, they could give a crap about where I'm at. They're going to be out with their friends more and whatever. I could always make more money. I could, but these pivotal years, these monumental years in their life, like there was no money that I could trade for time that was more meaningful than being there for them. So it was, it was. Do you know what? This had to work. Like there was no fa like failure wasn't an option. Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, you know, I, I I do post and stuff from my backyard, and I love my little humble yard. It makes me feel at peace. I'm not somebody who does well behind four walls, like when I'm in full walls, I'm like, I'm gonna fucking tear this office down. Actually, I'm gonna yeah, go I'm out the same way as you. and cause so much recklessness in this office, you're gonna kick me out of this bitch. And 
a lot of it is like my son may be inside with my wife. She's home now for a year right now. We'll see if she goes back uh, with our newborn and my son. And to have the ability just to go inside. I'm done with a call. I go inside. I yep. pick up my son to give him a hug. I pick up my daughter. Hey, this, I'm your daddy. Do you know me yet? Hey, what's <laughs> up? You know, just to do that, I know that I could be taken out with a stroke. I could be taken out with a heart attack. You know, whatever it is. I live, I live revved up. I'm a revved up guy. And whatever it may be, a car accident, God forbid. Yep. I don't manifest that stuff. I manifest living. I manifest enjoying life with them. I manifest Absolutely. traveling and experiencing life with them. But I'm also, no, and, and Jordan Peterson says this, you have to understand how precious life is. And I do. I'm so in tune with it, dude. Yeah. To like maybe an extreme. And that's important to me. If I went to, you know, to a nine to five, I would never be able to do that stuff. You talk about being able to go to, I think it was a, a show for your son. Yeah. Yeah. My, my son's spring show is last one of grammar school. And, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. You, that if, you're, if you're in the city or you're working for somebody and there's a big job or a big thing that you're working on, you can't just go leave. Now, listen, some corporations will allow you to do that. My brother-in-law, Chris Berg, great guy. Shout out to him. Shout out to New York Life. He put in his time. He has grinded there for, I think, 15 years now. Yeah. And he now has the ability to say, hey, I'm going to go coach my son's team. But he has worked and traveled 80 hours a week at some and in some weeks and yeah and that he didn't is, come from entry level yeah, like no no it's not entry level like he's putting he, in the time and the effort and he's high up he's yeah. high up he's essentially like a like an svp in that organization which mm -hmm. is a big job so i'm not saying some organizations don't do it but most of the time if you're a regular joe sure listen if you're working at home depot and you eat especially if you're, whatever, I'm not saying Home Depot's bad, but like you live in paycheck to paycheck or maybe you don't got the time off. And, uh, you know, like you just can't say like, hey, I'm going to show up a few hours late because I want to see my kids sing. Like so many parents don't do that. So many parents don't show up for practice. I've I coached. I've coached for years. Like they're not there. They're not present. And Big Maddie, you know, Big Maddie works for me, right? Yes. So... Big Maddie has owned Verizon stores, ran other people within the organization's Verizon stores, wasn't getting to any of its kids' things, and Matt is all about his family. If anybody is a great dude, it's it's that guy. Yeah, uh, I'm blessed to have him, and I want to continue to help him get to where he wants to go in his life. But what he has here is the flexibility to get to his kids' games, to get over to sailing practice he belongs to the yacht club him and his family have done that forever uh -huh. uh, he's not a bougie guy at all it's just what they enjoy doing and the other day we're in the coffee shop we have a really 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 important meeting it was important and it was a uh, a potential big deal and he goes my wife didn't tell me but my son is in this play i think it was like a jesus play or something son's in private school and uh i said don't worry about it let's reschedule They'll get to that event because I know everything I'm doing is about the flexibility of being around my family, the freedom. We can keep imprisoning ourselves as a business owner, too. Oh, uh, we can and, levy and up, levy up, levy up, levy up. We can keep chasing down. And that's a drug that a lot of us entrepreneurs kind of have. We do. And because we are so driven, we want the next thing. We want to go to the next level. We want to see you execute your plan. Exactly. And. And I think that is one thing I kind of 
this last year, I think I've, I've learned to tone down. And it was like, I just need to, I want to be more meaningful with my time right now. So I had an inspection actually scheduled for the time that my son was going to have his play. And, um, and my wife was like, no, it, it's, it's Tuesday, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, do you know, I hit the person up. I'm like, listen, I could do your inspection now at this time, this time, this time, or this time. Like if, if they had to rebook with somebody else, like whatever the money is I lost, I wouldn't have cared. Like it, it's all about for me right now, my whole success. And I know I'm successful is because I'm doing what I want to do. And I'm spending the time I want to spend with the people I want to spend it with. And there's no dollar amount that you could put on that. So like, how do we get more people to, to think that way and act on that? Like I'm standing up here yeah. every fucking Wednesday. Every you know Wednesday, getting out here. My partner Evan getting out here till 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Sometimes we hang out after and have a beer or, or you know, smoke a cigar or smoke a little weed, whatever yeah. it may be. And we hang out. And we talk business. We talk family. We talk. How do we help more people? Yeah. Like. What do you think it is? How do we help more people see that light that you have been able to see? Do you know what? I think I think there's a lot of people that are that entrepreneur that are working those nine to fives that really need to be out there. And they're seeing their friends that are, well, fake entrepreneurs. It's being visual. They're seeing their friends that really aren't putting in the work, that aren't doing that well. Fail. And they're saying, hey, such and such really isn't making it, and they started a business. I don't want to. I don't want to. Can I say something that. to be honest and vulnerable? Yeah. Sometimes I check myself, and I'm like, "Are you a loser trying to put yourself out here for like your own benefit?" And again, there is a piece of it that is there, and I, I've said that Absolutely. very selfishly. But you know, I always ask that question: like, are you doing this for the right reasons? Are you putting out, dude? I know for a fact. I'm telling you, of where I was my capacity, how I operated in school to be able to make the income that I do. And most people would probably be surprised at the income I make. I don't talk about it, but it's it's substantial. I'm nobody special. And this podcast is, you know, has a couple verbal commitments for potentially six-figure partnerships off of Evan and I just having an idea to talk around a fire pit. You just got to take action. So That's many it. people yeah. sit in paralysis. They overthink like, well, what am I going to do? What if? What is what the if, business if, plan? And yeah. what if I fail? What if? Exactly. What if? What does it mean? Oh, right. You go back to the turn bike. That's it. They'll take you back. Listen, you could always get a job. If you're good at whatever you did, you're going to get dude, hired I'm, again. I'm so passionate about it. I could literally tear up, dude. I, I want to yeah. help so many people because the system is fucked. And this show is about freedom. You have, yeah. you have an American flag on your shirt. Yep. This show is about freedom, dude. Freedom from... The corporations, freedom to spend time with your family, independent financial freedom. You know what? I think a lot of people are also generationally locked down into the thought that... Limiting beliefs. Limiting beliefs. You know, you have to get a good job, get a 401k, put in your 35 years, retire, have your pension. 401k suck. I don't care about compliance. I love you. I'm sorry. But you know what I'm saying. It's it's, it's this generational, like belief that they put into people that that's what people so many people think is the way then there's people you know my father was a business owner he was an immigrant straight off the the boat from sicily 
broken English to this really? day. Does he cook anything good? Has he got some he good cooks meatballs? everything good. Really? I don't, I don't get no invite? Listen, I'll bring you some. If I tell him you want meatballs, forget it. I'm like, telling you. I want, what's your he dad's was name? actually doing guest spots for a while. Name? Uh, Frank. Frank, I know you're probably going to watch <laughs> this. I better get some meatballs next week. Yeah, next Sunday, I want some, some meatballs and gravy or sauce, whatever you a, call it. Yeah, don't say gravy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but he made it. And, and listen, he had his many faults. He, he gambled. He, he, but even with we'll all his faults. faults, he still was able to make it broken English, can't write, can't barely read. Like, Does he have a strong accent still? Oh, very strong. You think that I he, didn't know that about you, dude. Yeah. I didn't know your dad was off my, the boat. My, my father's off the boat. My mother's off the boat right from, no the, from Puerto Rico. She, so, so, like, so you're half Puerto Rican, half fucking Italian. Yep. That's a, that's a concoction. Dude. That's one hell of a mix. Definitely. Yeah. And you're not that hot-headed. No, do you know, I think it, do you know what I am, actually? I'm, like, a, a slow build, and then, then just you get go, the fuck you, out of my yeah, way. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm actually the only, I'm one of six, and I'm the only one that's really ever stood up to my own father to where I'm the only one he Is he a hothead? Oh, yeah. He's yeah. he's the hothead Italian. And uh, Does he start telling you off in, in, in Italian? Um, He, he used to. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh. I think he he's seen the craziness in my eyes that he has, and he probably is like, yeah. you know what? I understand, yeah. Yeah. you know. But um, that's good know. though. It, it yeah yeah, but but having that 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 you know like uh, Brian Buffini is, is someone that I I love his podcast. He's an immigrant from Ireland, has made millions and millions doing real estate coaching. But, I've heard of his name. I yeah, need to so listen he, to him. he has a a book called The Immigrant Inch, and I truly believe it. Like. When you come here and you have nothing but work ethic to make it in this country. Yeah, you see all the opportunity. There is so much opportunity. But when generationally you're removed from that and you're put into factory work or office work, or, that becomes your opportunity You just pathway. teed me up. You teed me up to talk about more freedom. But, but It's the kids here in this country that don't realize the opportunity that they have. But they don't realize it because they're, they're not. They don't realize it because they've been handed a fucking soft life. And that's They've all they see. They, that's life. all they see. Like my kids and your kids don't see this. I I have that struggle a lot, man. I, I literally do. And I say a, a part of my chip and my edge, and maybe my chip rubs people the wrong way. And sometimes I go back and forth, like, should I show Ryan's just soft side? I don't do well on the soft side because I'm too I'm too, I'm too mushy. I'm too like <laughs> I, I'm better I'm better chippy, you know, like big engine energy, right? And that's what yeah. AJ, my boy from Thrive, shout out to Thrive. He's been a ride or die guy from the get go with this podcast for Evan and I. I, I, I don't like this, the 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 coddling in this country. I don't like people who, you know, they're they're brought up a certain way and they get certain things handed to them. And it's not even people that are like ultra wealthy. It's even like, let's just say you're you're middle middle class. Yeah. And, you know, they come out and they're all of a sudden think they deserve to get paid $150,000 in the corporation or whatever it may be. Like, you got to go fucking earn what you want. And we're in the greatest country in the world still to this day with Biden with Biden and the world that we got. You still yeah. have such an advantage of the rest of the world. Absolutely. I, and you know what? That, I love my kids playing sports because especially football, wrestling, these sports are like, you're going to get punched in the face and you got to get back out there and you got to, like, I can't make it better for you. 
you have to work through this. You got to work through your emotions. You got to get back. You got to get back out there, you know, and and they see it from that aspect and they see that I don't coddle them when they get hurt. I'm just like, you good? All right, let's go. You know, your hand hurts from catching a really fast ball. Okay, shake it off. Hold this water bottle until the next inning. Like, you got to work through this shit. And that's what life is. And they see me putting in these hours and doing what I have to do. And I and I also explain it to them. Every once in a while, I break it down. Yeah, like, hey, I t- listen. I try to talk it out because I do you get know, worried. Like, like, does Colton think I just hang out in my backyard all well, day? Yeah, I, know, like, and, 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 and I have this conversation. I'm like, listen, we have this beautiful camper. We go on these great vacations. Yeah. I was like, this takes money. This is this is money. You know, and my wife works as well, so it's not all just me, but... You know, we work very hard for what we Shout have. What's your wife's name? Laura. Laura. And yes. she works within the she's hospitalization She's a respiratory system. therapist. Yeah, she had she yeah. had gone through the ringer with COVID, right? Oh, respiratory, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah, she's uh, definitely... She saw death. Lots of it. Yeah, she was... Uh, a lot, she heard a lot of last conversations, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, your we, kids your kids don't know unless you explain it. And you I feel you have like, to. When, when you do well in life... I think it's natural for you to just want to give to your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, if Especially I could give if you to came my kid, from a hard place. Exactly. Like I'm able to, if I wanted to every day, I could go to the store and buy my kid a toy and be like, yeah, like what? And eventually he's, he's going to think that's bad. He wants a new truck. You want a new truck? Yeah, I know. Listen, <laughs> it's bad for me too. Like, but you have to put, pull the brakes and you got to be like, listen, like this isn't real life. Yeah. Like this isn't, you're not going to just be handed everything. Like this wasn't life for me. Like I, I've laid thousands and thousands of blocks and, and hundreds of thousands of brick and, and gotten, I don't even know how many splinters and bloody fingers and, and a bad back to do what I do today. Like none of that shit was easy. I didn't just like walk in and be like, oh, my father's a general contractor. I'm wearing clean pants and going to the job. Like, no, I busted my ass from mixing cement to putting on roof shingles, like, and everything in between. I've done every part of it to make me the person uh, today and give the service I give today. So, like, nothing's going to come easy. And that's the problem is most people don't want to work. They don't want to put in the work. They don't, well, they think that everything's like a tech thing or they're going to launch an NFT or, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever the case may be. They think that they got this get-rich-quick plan. And social media is, although we, we, we praised it a lot earlier— it's also a big problem. Oh, absolutely. And, and that's where... The, the cars, the G-Wagons, the yeah. private jet, the, the watch. You have I, to, I bought a Breitling when I was younger. I probably couldn't afford it at the time. It was 8500 <laughs> bucks, And I bought it because I thought that that would have made me more money at the time. It would have allowed me to validate you know, the type of income I was making. Meanwhile, meanwhile I was broke. After I bought it, I was like, oh, shit, like, I, I got to get another sale, you know? Yeah, right. And now to this day, like, my favorite watch is this, oh, it actually is not dead yet, is my Apple Watch. Yeah. You know, it tracks my step and my heart rates. And this thing was, I, I don't know, how much are these things? Like 500 bucks, 600 bucks, yeah, right? whatever it was. Yeah. I love the thing. And I think a lot of times we get caught up in the materialistic, materialistic bullshit. And I, I want to go back to my son. And we're jumping around. That's a little bit of my ADHD. Yeah. Colton sees me hang out in the backyard every day. How do we, and I'm, asking, I'm posing yeah, this question, yeah. how do we make sure that our kids, your kids see you beat every practice now and hang at home so, in the basement, your office is in the basement, so right? When they're off of school, I'm there most of the time. Yeah. So, they don't see me work. I mean, they just know, like, they go to school, 
And then they come home and I'm still there. Yeah. You know? And I don't even, I won't do my reports until five o'clock the next morning. So I'm there through bedtime. Yeah, you're enjoying that time. So they don't even, like, I don't give up any time that I don't have to. So like. Now you're doing that because you feel a little bit of guilt too. You um, feel like those other years you weren't. Well, I definitely, listen, I missed a lot. There's, I missed hundreds and hundreds of bedtimes. Like, it's just how it was. Either I was sleeping before work or I was already at work, you know? So I want to absorb it all, you know? And then it's, um, and yeah, it's tough because they see us so available. They see, you know, they don't see me grinding that nine to five, complaining about my boss or whatever it is, you know? I, I think uh, for me, now that my son is 10, I get to have better conversations with him. He's more aware. To, to explain, like, this is really what's going on. Like, I'm not guaranteed next week it has all inspections filled. Like, yeah. I'm not guaranteed. Daddy's got to go drive that. Exactly. I, I'm I'm meeting new people. I'm doing podcasts. I'm doing my own podcast. Like, I'm doing all these things to connect with people to keep continuing to build this business that's affording us this lifestyle. And, and, and also, it's something I enjoy. So, um, it's tough. It's it's tough, but I think as they get older, those conversations have to become more and more. Yeah, you have to be you have to you have to be in their face with it. Yeah, you know you know build that and and pound that into their subconscious. Yeah, I think so. So you know when when it comes to my son, I want to make sure that I'm, as we have just said, constantly remind him, you know, daddy and mommy have to work for this. You know, the other day I I pulled out some cash and I handed it to him. I said, this is money. I said, do you want an excavator? He's always, daddy, can we go to the store? And he doesn't mean the toy. <laughs> yeah. He means like the excavator over a on East Ave. Esca- yeah, yeah. yeah, like he wants the excavator. <laughs> so that takes a lot of money. And I like that in him because I, I, I almost feel like a little entrepreneur in him. Like I, daddy would fund you doing like an excavating business, yeah. right? But anytime we buy a toy, anytime I do anything, I constantly remind him, daddy's got to work. Mommy's got to work. Yep. You have to earn money to go do this. And, you know, my father and mother both worked very hard. My dad was a truck driver, worked all types of hours, mm-hmm. you know, of the day, uh, cleaned offices to make extra money to make ends meet. And I still had time with my dad. He was around our practices for football and stuff. But, you know, he, he worked a lot. I'm definitely home much more than my dad was able to be home. Yeah. And, uh, I just want to make sure that my son knows that I'm working hard, dude. Because to some people, maybe they don't realize that, but it's a different stress. It's a different work. Absolutely. Um, but I do all of that, and I take on all that other work and stress so I can spend time with my family, which you're now experiencing that that benefit. If, if a corporation called me today and said, Ryan, I want, us to come work. I want you to come work for us. I want you to be a visionary, or I want you to do X in finance— you would have to stroke me a check for $5 million a year. Literally, that's how much you yeah. would have to pay me to give up what I have. And I don't make nearly anywhere yeah. near $5 million a year. <laughs> so. But do you know what? Uh, I, I think, like, at this point in my life, I don't even know what that number could be. And I don't know if it's because my wife has seen so much death during COVID working at the hospital. Um, Two years ago, I lost my best friend. 
Uh, he passed away. Like my, my nephew passed away last year. I've, I've, I've had a lot of death in my life. And I think that has given me such an appreciation for, for, for living. Yeah, perspective. That if I'm able to live the life I'm living now with what I'm making now, not, it's not that I'm not content to try to grow, but I'm okay. Like, yeah, I've you, succeeded. Yeah, yeah. Like your, defini- def- your definition of success has been met. Exactly, 100%. And so that's different you, for everybody. So, but, but what would you say for the, the guy that's looking to do the path that you took, right? What would you say to him, and how would you help him? What would be the step now? The, the economy sucks. We have a president that doesn't know how to like repeat his own name. We yeah. have, you know, five six dollar gallon, you know, gas prices. Absolutely. So it's, a lot of sucks. people in their head, they're like. Oh, things like I love going into these trenches. I love the downturn in the market because when the downturn happens, new opportunity comes up. If you're looking for it, if you're just soaking in the bullshit, you're upset. So the young entrepreneur right now, what would you say to him? I'd say, number one, kind of what you did say earlier, you know, create a plan, the exit plan and work that plan. Work it like your life. What are you doing with things slowing down? Real estate is slowing down. What are you trying to do to make do you, you know, say you go for these drives? What are you doing? Do you know, it, it's funny. As real estate's slowing down, my relationship building has increased my business. So the work Explain. I've, so the work I've been putting in, it's, it's like, like a gardener. Like it, it's starting to grow. It's starting those seeds that I planted months and months ago with agents just connecting on social. Like, hey, what can I do to help you? You know, just offering value up front, no strings attached. Like, hey, what can I do to help you and your client? I don't care if you don't ever use me. So for the person that doesn't know you, that that may get your message or see you doing stuff on social media, like, ah, this guy's, you know, just trying to get business. What would you say to that person? What what would you say that you're actually being legit and coming from a a good position and that offer that you give to them? Well, most people in, in this real estate world know each other. Like as, as big and as many realtors are, that are out there, it's really a small circle that are actually doing work. And I would say talk to those other agents that I am doing work with and they'll tell you I'm not bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to message me about like, hey, what is this thing on Saturday afternoon? I'm going to answer you back. I'm going to let you know what it is and I'm going to go about my day and I'm not going to say like, hey, when you, you know, get that buyer for me, like I'm not going to hound you. Like, I'm always going to be value, valuable to you. And you could try me. You could, you could test it by seeing if I'm going to answer those DMs and those messages without you giving me those clients. That's cool. I'm, eventually, they'll find out. But something about you that I like that you know maybe other people will take a wrong way is you are trying to reach out to new realtors and you are DMing them on social media. But that's your hustle, dude. You're, you're, you again, you're hustle. going back to trying to be the dad that's around and not work for the turnpike. That's a part of your job. And a lot of people get so caught up in their feelings like, like, oh, I don't want to be the guy that's reaching out to people. What do you mean? I'm the guy that cold called 100, 150 people a day, sometimes 200 people a day. Yeah. you uh, Getting hung up on, no, idiot, stop calling, loser, whatever it was. Listen, uh, there's a Look lot of people. Look where I'm at today. <laughs> well, that's it. Like, you have to have a lot of at-bat swings. Like, you just have to keep swinging. You just got, you're going to fail 70%, 80, 90% more than you're going to succeed. 
Like that's just how it is. I can't tell you how many realtors I've reached out to that don't use me. And I see them with another home inspector and whatever. So just for any type of nuggets for people who may be trying to, you know, maybe be a mortgage broker, another inspection guy or girl or whatever it may be. Are you using any type of systems? Are you using any type of software? Are you using any other type of random marketing? How are you doing it? I am doing it straight up old school. I'm a lot of times I share the just listed for agents. I don't even know. And I'll post it on my Instagram stories just to give them free, just exposure. They say, hey, thanks. And I go, you're welcome. Congratulations. Like I am doing things for them without them asking and without anything in return. But now I'm in front of their face. And eventually they'll follow back. And eventually it may lead to a connection or they might end up knowing another agent I'm doing work for. And that work is not like a week in the making. It's months and months and months in the making. Exactly, exactly. And it's hard. It's consistent. And if you don't want to put in the consistent hard work, go work that nine to five. There's some dudes, uh, real business owners, and I actually connected with Trevor and and, uh, Kaysen recently. And they're guys in the uh, Apex group with Ryan Stuman. They're they're killing it. They do some accounting and um, payroll stuff. I'm going to start throwing them some of the young business owners I know. They give you a nice little template. So shout out mm-hmm. to the real business owners. These, you know, these guys are sitting out there and they're going, you know, hey, you know, what do you do as a, a small business owner? Like, what are you trying to accomplish and how are we going to help you? What were we just saying? Remind me. It's, well, it's making connections. Connections. Yes. Connections. So these guys are somebody that was in my wheelhouse and we're saying, hey, like, what's up? So I messaged him like, hey, what's up? Like, hey, you're, you're, you're like easy synergy for me. I'm helping people out with financial planning. I don't do accounting. Like, yeah. hey, you're a guy, social media. Like, I wasn't looking to like kiss those guys' asses or, or do anything. Like, what does it hurt for me to send them a message? And guess what? We got connected and we got on a call with two of the partners. That was awesome. Yep. On social media the other day, Saturday, I don't need for anything this, you know, Evan and I have this thing funded. It's, you know, going well. My business is going well. I'm in the top 10 to 20, you know, 10, not 20%, top 10 to 20 every year in a national, you know, setting. Mm-hmm. I don't need to DM people. I DM'd 100 people Saturday. There you go. Yo, no business, no pressure. Do you want to hop on a Zoom call and just see if we can help one another? Yeah. Again, back to social media, how powerful it is. Yep. A lot of people are like, they're not willing to swallow their pride and they're go not. do that. Listen, I know people. It, Give it, some advice to a guy that maybe held up on it. You, you just, you got to get over it. That's the only way to win is to keep going up and keep swinging at it. Like you just got to keep hitting. You just got to keep going. You, you're going to fail so much. It's not going to work out. You can't take it personally. You, you can't take business personally. Like, like in real estate, you're going to see that uh, a neighbor is, like my neighbor used a random person, like whatever. You like, think it's random, but it may be their nephew. It, it could be. Like yeah. whatever the case is, like, all right, then that's not the person you're going to be working for. Move on to the next thing. But you can expect in, instant success and you have to be willing to constantly drive and make those calls, make those connections. I don't care what business you're in. Sell, you, you gotta sell. Y- you have to make connections. 
Without connections, you're not going to have sales. So if you want to be in business and you're afraid to connect with people, I don't know, like, like you ha- that's the one thing you have to get over is you have to be okay with failing and connecting with people. And if you're not, and if you're not, and you're, you're an introvert and you could never bring yourself to do that, partner, partner, with, partner yeah. with someone. So I, I, I'll, I'll throw this out there. Evan, he's, he's not an introvert, but he's definitely somebody who sits back and listens mm-hmm. and he's smart. But our partnership works because I'm out there. I'm in your face. I'm yeah. saying whatever's coming to my mind. I have this show. I have a bourbon and a half. And nowadays <laughs> I can't even handle that. I get a little buzz going and I say whatever comes to my mind. Yeah. And the partnership works because it's yin and yang. So if you're not the guy, go find somebody who's the guy. Go find exactly. the other girl who's the girl. You know, whatever yep. it may be, there's always a way. There there's is. always a way. But that, then it also comes down to being self-aware. Yes. You know? self So if you're not self-aware that that is an avenue that you can't do and you accept that, and, and you know to reach out to someone that can do it. Oh, I'm, I'm an expert on that. That is, that's the game changer. You know, I, for so many years as a business owner, I would try to do everything myself, create a website, do yeah. I mean, you, you name it, I would do it. You're being fucking cheap. And do you know what? I'd become self-aware. That is not my job. Like I'm not, that's not. But that's not what you should do anyway. That's not where I'm making money. Yeah. So pay someone to do that. And they're going to do a great job at it. And it's going to reflect on me. And it's it's all a bonus, you know? But I think it's all about being self-aware. And I think, a, especially a lot of entrepreneurs that start off, I think they're not really self-aware. I got a great book. Five Steps Ahead by Patrick Bet David. And I, I talked about him earlier. I love this guy. He was on Rogan. Great dude. He's actually in my industry to a degree, you know, half the industry. And he talks about this, um, I'm probably going to say it wrong, but it's like a personality test, right? So it's like what you are and it's really being as honest as you can. And it might upset you even. Yeah. Of like who you are and then it gives you this scoring or whatever, right? There's a lot of different personality traits. Are you a, a um, Evan, what are the different personality tests? Like, are you a, are you a, uh, a hawk? Are you a, I'm going to totally bastardize this, but- you have different personality traits based yeah. on, yeah, like who you are. And, you know, for myself, I know what I'm good at now. I know what I'm not good at. Yeah. You know, again, Big Maddie, Macklewalkie is a great addition to my firm, to Fireside America and everything that we're building. And I'll make sure he's paid handsomely for all the success that we have because he's doing things that, I don't want to do a, and yeah. I'm not good at. Yeah, and it's I just, fucking suck at paperwork. I can yeah. get a client roll over three million bucks. I can get a dude to do a fifty thousand dollar premium. I'll sit on the paperwork for three, four days, <laughs> dude. I don't want to do it. It's that much yeah. in my brain to make myself focus. But anyway, winding down, we're just rambling. I like to pose some questions towards the end. Mm-hmm. If you can give one. Business tip, one, and we've we've given out nuggets, and I've asked yeah, you a question. Yeah. But if you can give one business tip to a young girl or guy who's looking to leave the workforce or start a new business straight out of college, what would that saying, tip, or thought process be? 
Listen, you can make it happen. You can. It, like, this is the best country in the world to make it happen. It's all if you want to make it happen. Yeah, put in the time. Just be honest with yourself. Either put in the time. Just, if you really want to make it happen, it will happen. It doesn't matter the economy. It doesn't matter anything. Like, how many businesses are in business today that have weathered how many economies, how many everything? Yeah, a lot of people get caught up in the economy talk. It, it, listen, does it matter? But, yeah, it does. But It does, but... But you could pivot, you could yeah. outwork it, you could make it happen. Yeah. I've seen businesses that have... I just got to work a little bit harder to make the same money I'm making. Or yeah. just a little bit smarter. Maybe yep. you got to pivot a little bit. Maybe maybe you have to be flexible. You can't be rigid. You have to be able to, to stick and move sometimes. You got to yeah. bend. Pivot. There's a lot of pivoting. Yeah, I you agree. Know, the, way, the way that you saw it originally isn't always the way that it's going to end up being. Like... Um, but you can't give up. Another another question I like to pose, and that's a great answer, is other business owners. I want to give them a shout. Give me two business owners that you want to give a shout out to that <sighs> are small business owners to medium-sized business owners that are doing good things. So now I know a lot of business owners. Two of my best friends are business owners, Greg Lombiasi. I don't know. He's a, he's a, you're a Howell guy, right? No, no? I, I grew up in Brick. I thought you were Howell. Ramtown or no? I uh, go brick. Yeah. No. So uh, he's a DJ doing great things. My friend Chris uh, Marzarella as well. But two, there's, there's one guy that uh, really changed a lot of how I think about things. His name is uh, Jason Jenai. He, he runs a DJ company, a very, very successful company. I've actually, I've DJed since I was 13. Like I've worked for him for a while. And uh, he's one person that really taught me and in, in, in the DJ world, there's so many DJs that put limits on what they think they could charge people. And just say a wedding, a DJ could charge, whatever, $1,000. Jason's charging 5000 And you go like, what the fuck? Like, how are you able to charge that? His value add. Exactly. Like, he's, he's really shown me through his own example what well, branding an and value. You can go and... You can go and price yourself equal to the market. I know you're not. You're probably more yeah. expensive than most, but you have value to add. You own the fucking construction company. Exactly. And actually built houses with your own hands. You know what's going on. But when you see someone in, in a respective trade, like that's some someone that I, uh, you know, um, kind of, uh, you know, kind of get because I've DJed for a while and done weddings and whatever. And I've seen how he's been able to brand himself in a, in a way that, has brought him high pro profile events and all this other stuff. And it's not by accident. It's not just, it, no. it's by design. Um, so he, he owns a SCE event group and um, definitely a, a big innovator. Uh, some people have obviously, you know, life's not perfect. He's not perfect, but he's definitely, what, what he's done for the DJ world, I think is pretty impressive. Um, and uh, who else? Give me another one. Oh my God, his last name Ryan Leonard. I think his last name. Actually, did his home inspection. He's a New Jersey NJ Finest Clothing. Um, I did his home inspection. Beautiful home in Howell, and got to learn his story. And I don't know him that well, but his story. It was here's a guy that had a clothing brand grinding nonstop, in 
I mean, I, I actually, I, I ended up, I was following him since like 2015 and didn't even know it. But COVID hit. I believe he was saying like he was sleeping on like his friend's couch. And he ended up, you know, having the right idea about PPE and the right connections in China through his clothing line that ended up getting him into the PPE world right at the right time. Now the guy's made millions, you know. Go for him. And this is a guy, Neptune City guy, humble as anybody you'll ever meet. Like the money has not changed him. At, like this guy is still in his warehouse, on the forklift, doing the work. Um, but it, it's, I just love seeing that this guy, like some people might throw shade at him and be like, oh, look, this guy, he got lucky. No, like it's not luck. He, it's the work he put in before that. Exactly. He wouldn't have had that those connections. Be able to, to... It, like he has those connections because of all those years of other stuff. Yes, yes. And then just like Hatteras, right? With, with, their, with their face shields. Mm-hmm. Like that opportunity came at the, at the point where they were ready to act on it. How many people didn't act on the thought like, oh, maybe I should. No, they acted on it. They yeah. made it happen. And actions, everything, well. and I, and I, I, I tell action, young people yeah. this all the time: take action. Stop overthinking it. Paralysis by analysis. Yeah. But listen, man, this has been a good chat. You I know. appreciate you. Yeah, no, you're a good dude. I, I'm so happy that you've been able to get the life that you want. You are successful. You're especially to your definition of success. Yes, you're coaching your kids. You're present with your kids. You're present with your wife. You're living a good life. You're able to do camping. You do a great job at inspecting. We haven't we haven't talked a ton about inspecting, yeah. and I told you I didn't want to because no, most people probably think inspecting is boring. But you do a hell of a job. You're a great guy. You're an honest guy, and that's why your business is going to continue to grow. I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you for coming to the pit, dude. Cheers. Cheers.